Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six, which is an Amazon Prime television show, which takes place in the early mid-70s and essentially is a recreation of Fleetwood Mac and the dynamic behind Fleetwood Mac. And also talk about Almost Famous and just the kind of the, the people in this television show. Here's my first take. The 1970s in general was a great, a, a time of great music, classic rock, but not also just classic rock, but look at folk music. You think this is James Taylor, Peak, Carol King's Peak. You look at um, also Joni Mitchell. This is the time, I guess, more pop mainstream would be ABBA starting in 74. You have the Carpenters during this time. But you still had great classic rock. I mean, this is really peak of Zeppelin, you got Peak Stones, you have Bowie. This is a great time, but as a whole, the, the fashion of the 70s is so hideous, especially the late 70s. The, the, the perms, you think of like quintessential 70s looks, this would be like Diane Kanan, Farrah Fawcett. Just the fashion and the hair is just so atrocious. But either way, so I wanted to kind of do a juxtaposition of Almost Famous with Daisy Jones and the Six because they both kind of have this throwback to the 70s. And they're very similar of one another. And one of them I like and one of them I think is not good. So let's start with the one I don't think is that good. And that's going to be Almost Famous. This is my hot take. I I don't know if May agrees with this. I know May is not a big Cameron Crowe fan. I think Almost Famous is so overrated. And there are many people who think this is one of the top 10 movies of this millennium, of the last 23 years. And I think this movie just is, is, is so horrible. I, we talked about it with the overrated actors and actress episode. We talked about Kate Hudson and how, how this movie, of course, made her famous. Oh, Penny Lane, Penny Lane, she can sing in the bus. Oh, she's luminescent. Not really, no. Now, that's not to say there aren't parts of Almost Famous that I think are great. I think the dynamic of the rock band is great. I think Billy Crudup is great in it. I think that uh, Jason Lee is great. And Frances McNorman, I think, is horrible. She didn't deserve any Academy consideration. I think she's a completely overrated actress. But the, the guys in the band, I think, do a great job. Philip Seymour Hoffman's got a little cameo. But the whole idea, I, I think a lot of this is... is pushed by the boomers. The boomers have such a nostalgia for the 70s that I think maybe that gets in the way of thinking this movie is iconic. I'm not saying the movie isn't good. And as a whole, I do like Crow. I think Say Anything is overrated with that being said. And Elizabeth Town was a total stinker. Maybe maybe I don't like Crow. Maybe I like Jerry Maguire and that's like the outlier because Almost Famous, I just find it to be so self-serving and just like what I talked about with the Academy Awards, just everybody just patting each other on the back. It's 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 like this homage. And, and I get it. Cameron Crowe is essentially the teenager 
Fugit, Patrick Fugit, who goes and interviews Stillwater. And that, that was what his job was, Cameron Crowe, when he was younger, was to interview these bands. And so I get it. It's kind of like Spielberg and the Fablemans. I kind of get why he did it. And that's not my problem. My problem is this pedestalization of this movie as being some iconic movie of this millennium. And I think that's just nonsense. And I think a lot of it is focused too on Kate Hudson, which I, I just don't think she's that good in it. And look, it's a good movie. I just don't think it needs to be on the iconic list. Daisy Jones and the Six. Interesting show because it, it, it's, it takes place roughly in the same time period and I'm not going to ruin this show for people, but I recommend you watch it again. It's on Amazon Prime. Most people have Amazon Prime. And it, essentially, the beginning, the early episodes are the, the meeting of the, the, these great forces. So on one, you have this band led by two brothers. Uh, Sam Keoughlin is the, the, the lead brother, or the older brother and lead singer and his girlfriend played by Camilla Morone, who is Leo DiCaprio's ex, um, ex-girlfriend. And she's kind of the muse and, and supports him. And then you have the other plot line is Riley Keough, who is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley and the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley, who just died recently. She plays, I would say, like it, she's the Stevie Nicks kind of avatar. Again, this is kind of a uh, loose interpretation of Fleetwood Mac. So it's her coming up and trying to find stardom. And then eventually these two forces meet and they become a band that is iconic. And, and then it talk, essentially it, it's done in, in kind of an oral history where all these people are being interviewed several years, if not decades later, looking back on their journey to stardom. And it's similar to Behind the Music. If you remember the VH1, docu-series they used to have back in the 90s and I used to love that series and it has a very strong feeling to that on some levels and so the show is good in terms of plot and character development I think in that regard is interesting to watch but certainly if you love rock music or you love the music of the 70s whether it be kind of the singer-songwriter the Joni Mitchell types or if you like uh, just standard rock from that time, or if you want to be taken back to that time, the, the the show does a very good job of making you feel like you're in 1974 Southern California. And if you want to know like the, how bands get their break and so forth, I think it's good in that regard. Also, I want to talk about some of the women that are in this in this television show. So. Riley Keough, and I always forget, I'm sorry if I mispronounce her name. She's not classically beautiful. She definitely has the Presley chin. When you look at her, you can see Elvis in her, and you can see Lisa Marie in her by uh, by far. You can definitely tell it, it's their blood. She's not classically beautiful. Uh, she does have beautiful eyes and has a nice figure, and she's the lead of this television show. And I think she does a great job. Now let's take a quick break. I wanted to let you know about the other feeds that we have here at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. We have the Awakened Man, which has been around since the spring of 2017, which mostly focuses on having men and women reach their full potential by knowing about toxins in the food, big pharma cover-ups, and ways to biohack your life. 
We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which is a channel that originally started as an essential oils channel. And there's about 65 essential oils that are broken down over there. And then more recently, about two years ago, I just pivoted and made it more about female holistic health and naturopathic health because I'm a big proponent of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And lastly, we have the Confessions of an Obese Child feed, which I started in January 2017, which chronicles what it's like to be an overweight child. I was an overweight child and I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 plus years. So it's a channel, like if you have disordered eating or had a dysfunctional childhood, how to deal with that, how to how to function with that, and also discusses and I interview various people that have a similar background of dysfunctional childhood, binge eating, binge drinking, and how to deal with that. And there's a lot of great interviews over there. So those are the three other feeds at the Eclectico Gregorio channel. Now let's get back to the show. She does a great job. I think she's a pretty good actress. And of course, she's a great singer. Her father, Lisa Marie's uh, husband, one of her many husbands, was a musician. So you can tell she's trained in this. And I just, you know, just to interview would be fascinating. Like, what's it like, the weight that must be on you to be the granddaughter of one of the most iconic Americans of all time? What about pressure? Maybe she doesn't because she's the second generation after her, after him, but who knows? But she does a good job of acting and singing and, and she's great in it. The other two women that are prominent, I, I find pretty fascinating. So the other one is Suki Waterhouse. Suki Waterhouse essentially is playing the Christine McVie role, the, the other woman in Fleetwood Mac. You think of Fleetwood Mac, you always think of Stevie Nicks, because Stevie Nicks at their prime in the 70s was the more beautiful woman and was kind of the lead. And Suki Waterhouse plays the Christine McVie. She's the keyboardist. And of course, she's attractive as well. And she is the real life girlfriend of Robert Pattinson from Twilight fame, from Batman fame. And they've been dating for quite some time. So it's interesting in that regard. If you don't know who she is, she is Pattinson's uh, girlfriend. And she's British. And she does a great job. She's more of the feisty. And you can see like in the oral histories later on, she's she's more of the punk rock dyed hair uh, part of that band. We'll just keep it vague so you can watch it. So she's beautiful and does a great job there. And then you have Camilla Maroney, who I've already mentioned. She is not in the band itself. She is kind of like what Liv Tyler was in that thing you do, the Tom Hanks movie that he did uh, of the of the band trying to break it big in the 60s she's the girlfriend of the lead singer played by sam kioflin and she's also a photographer and she's instrumental in helping them make it big but she's mostly kind of like the muse for him and kind of the support network and she's gorgeous you, you look at her and you're like god DiCaprio. i know you got to dump every girl at 25 we have an episode on that and he dumped her. He dated her from when she was 20 to 25. And it's like, man, this, this woman is gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. And like, all right, DiCaprio, I think you're dating Gigi Hadid. I'd argue that Camilla Moroni is more attractive. But she's quite beautiful and is a good job of, of acting here as well. So the TV show has a lot of the components that you need for a show to be successful. It has beautiful women as eye candy. The men, especially Sam, is is pretty handsome. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant's in this as a manager. He's pretty funny with a horrible wig and a mustache. 
he's in this as well. So there are men in this that, that the women would appeal to. And it's just a well-crafted show. So if you like 70s music and you want to look at beautiful people, and if you certainly if you love Fleetwood Mac or any of these bands that ended up imploding, even though the, what made them great was just their innate talent, but then also combining these forces. Like you look at Lizzie Buckingham today, he still performs and tours. Like all these guys were good on their own, but it's putting them all together that made them amazing. And then seeing this, this come to fruition, but also because of their, their let's say their sins of concupiscence, their lusts and their appetites for drugs and alcohol, it all implodes. So if you know the story of Fleetwood Mac, pretty much all of the women slept with all of the guys in this in this band. And, uh, you know, again, I'll keep it vague, but, you know, no spoiler alert here. You're going to see a lot of the same things on this television show. And, of course, you're going to see drugs and alcohol. I mean, this is 70, so there's going to be booze and cocaine and all these things. So you're going to see how, like, what could have happened. And Fleetwood Mac and a lot of these other bands, you can look at Guns N' Roses later on. ABBA even had a short life, but 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 for different reasons. It's just sad to see how these bands had such great potential, but they couldn't keep it together because of their own personal demons and their own lechery to see them last and be iconic. And that's not to say Fleetwood Mac, of course, is not iconic. They are iconic. But if you're into any of these things, I would recommend this show. Guys, I'll post a poll in the cinema rag facebook page if you like the show if you're watching it there's two links in the episode notes one's for paypal if you want to make a donation to help defray the cost of hosting this on a server i would appreciate that also there's a link for the website which hosts all the eclectico gregorio feeds including the main one which is the awakened man so you can go check those out and they're all on apple or spotify as well until next time take care god bless and pray thanks for listening to the cinema rag please post an honest review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.